Good morning. I mean, well, good evening, <laughs> Quest Nation. We are really happy to be here, and we just want to thank Pastor Rick for putting his confidence in us to come to you and speak to you tonight. And tonight we're going to talk about relationships, surviving during this season. And tonight our endeavor is to give you some things that will help strengthen your relationship. And we tried to pack a lot of different things in there, so we're going to be rolling quick because we got to, like, start on the uh, runway, we got to go up real fast, and then we got to come on and land down real quick. So we want you to take away some nugget in here to take home to enhance your relationship. So when we talk about surviving, sometimes we think about just holding on by a thread, oh my God, I barely made it and you're scrapping. But when I looked up the word survive, this is the definition that I want you guys to think about all while we're talking this evening. To get along or remain healthy, happy and unaffected in spite of some occurrence. So that means you can remain healthy, happy, and unaffected even when the storms of life are going on. We know that right now we're in the pandemic and a lot of other things are going on right now, but you can, be, you can rest and not only will you uh, survive, but you can also thrive. And when you thrive, that means you're gonna prosper, you're gonna flourish, that means that you're gonna be growing. So we want our relationship and your relationship to continue to thrive because failure is not an option. To, to survive and thrive during this season, this is what you're gonna have to do. Look in the mirror. I know that's hard to take, but look in the mirror. You're gonna have to take responsibility for your actions, your behaviors, your words, and your attitude. So, the first thing you have to do is to choose well. One thing we all have in common is the power of choice. We all get to choose. So every day when you get up in your relationship, you need to say, I choose to give 100%. I choose to bring the best version of myself every day. And that means you have to show up daily, you show up spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically to your spouse. Don't go missing in action in your marriage. You know, in the military, they'll put somebody on a post and then they come back and they don't know where they, they went, they're trying to find them. Don't be missing in action in your relationship. The next thing is choose to do the right thing even when you don't feel like it. Okay, we have to have feelings because that helps us enjoy life and we know if we're happy, sad, but you cannot allow your feelings to control the atmosphere. Sometimes you have to do the right thing just because it's the right thing to do and you ain't gonna feel all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> Next, choose to admit when you are wrong. I know that may be a hard one, because I'm right most of the time, but there is a 10% chance when I'm not right. So you have to choose to admit when you're wrong. It's okay to say you're sorry. Carrie told me I didn't say I was sorry for about mm, four or five years into our relationship. However, I don't think that's true. So the next thing you have to do is choose to change yourself to make any adjustments that need to be made for the betterment of this relationship. Mm. So, if that is the case, that means you're not trying to change your spouse. And I know you want to. I know you think you know better. However, even trying to change your spouse is like you just trying to catch the wind. Just catch the wind. You're going to get tired, you're going to get out of breath, and you're going to pass out. Because I can tell you, it ain't going to happen. So when you, the last thing, you need to choose to do it God's way. All right. mm. No matter what, the word needs to be the final say in your relationship. Even though this was further down in the choose, it needs to be the number one. 
God created marriage. He instituted marriage. So we need to go to him first when there are problems in our relationship. Because if I have a Chevy car, a Chevrolet, I'm not going to take it to the Honda dealership. I'm going to take it to the Chevrolet dealership because they're the ones that made it. So they know all about it. They know every intrinsic detail. The last thing I want you to think about is, and I need you to hold on, go ahead and hold on to the coffee table or wherever you at, the armchair. Choose to ask God to show you you. <sighs> Believe me, he will show you you. He's shown me myself many times because I asked him and I was bold enough, afraid, but the thing is, he is such a loving God that he wants to say, Monica, I want to make you a better wife. I want to make you a better friend. I want to make you a better employee. But if you don't come to him and ask him, but he does it so gently. He ain't gonna throw you under the bus. So be bold enough and brave enough to ask God to show you yourself. The next thing you and your spouse need to do, and this goes, of course, in any other relationship, you, well, in this case, marriage, you need to become a force of one. A force of one. Uh, when Carrie and I first got married, our email address was KM, K for Carrie, M for Monica, Wonder Twins. And we took that because I'm gonna date myself now. There's a cartoon called The Wonder Twins. And this cartoon was um, a brother and a sister who had supernatural powers. However, their powers did not work by themselves. They were just ordinary teenagers going here, there, and everywhere. But it was something about when they touched and they agreed. Now, the episode I remember is they were, the enemy caught them and they put them in separate cages because they, know, they knew that they could not allow them to touch. Or if they did, they probably wouldn't be able to defeat them. So what they did, they put them in separate cages, but they knew they had to get to each other. And they kept swinging those cages and swinging those cages. And the more they swung, the closer and the closer those cages started moving toward each other. And then all of a sudden, they were close enough to touch. And oh my God, wow. And they shouted, Wonder Twin Powers, activate and their powers activated. So the thing is, you need to learn how to ignite with your spouse because you guys have to become a force of one. You may not wanna say Wonder Twins Power Activate, but you can say, use your last name, Austin Power Activate. All Hawkins Power Activate. Murphy Power Activate. We have to know that when we activate as a couple, we're activating the Holy Spirit that is in us because we seem to forget that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and who is in us. The next point I wanna make is to be proactive. If you're gonna come out of this pandemic, you have to be proactive. Proactive means to take a step or set things in place before an emergency ever happens. In other words, proper preparation prevents poor performance. The schools understand that. That's why they have fire drills. That's why they have tornado <laughs> drills, because in the schools, they put proper procedures in place so that the teachers and the students can respond and not react, but they can respond properly in a case of an emergency. Now, how do you respond to a pandemic when you've never been in one? Well. Let me be the first to tell you this. Now, God in all of his, now we, we may have been caught off guard. Let me say that. We, most of us, probably were caught off guard. But I'll be the first to tell you, God wasn't caught off guard. Can you imagine God in heaven talking to his son, like Jesus? Now, I'm pretty smart, but I didn't see that one coming. Now, I don't, I don't think God thinks like that. Matter of fact, I know God doesn't think like that. So God was not caught off guard. That's the first thing I want you to know. But to be proactive in your relationship, we need to have non-negotiables. Mm -hmm. A non-negotiable is a list of things that will never change. Mm. Matter of fact, before the pandemic ever hit, these things need to be in place. And they were in our life. 
Here's a couple non-negotiables for you. First of all, the word is final authority, mm -hmm. period. Not the circumstances, not the situation, nor any other situation or pandemic that could come up. Matter of fact, the, the word or, or, or the pandemic does not supersede the word. The, mm -hmm. the, 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 the circumstances does not change the word. The circumstances don't change the word, the word changes the circumstance. Mm -hmm. The pandemic doesn't change the word, the word changes the pandemic. Did you know mm -hmm. that it only takes one word from God that will totally change all of our circumstances and get that pandemic totally out of here? Mm -hmm. So all we need is one word from God mm -hmm. that will change everything mm -hmm. like immediately. Mm -hmm. Secondly, we didn't stop tithing. We, we're mm -hmm. gonna tithe. It's a done deal. We, we don't play with that. We don't have this emotional roller coaster where sometimes you feel like a nut. I mean, sometimes you tithe <laughs> and sometimes you don't. We're going to tithe. If we have a lot, we're going to tithe. If we have a little, we're going to tithe. It's a done deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, in your relationship, this is a non-negotiable in our house. We don't use the D word. Y'all know the D word. When, when things get hotter, you have some of those heated mm -hmm. Confrontate or uh, heated uh, conversation with your spouse. We don't. We don't. We we don't use those. Matter of fact, the D word is not allowed in our house. You're probably wondering what the D word is, and most of you probably know where I'm going. Is divorce. We we can't talk about divorce. And did you know that it's impossible to really experience something that you don't ever talk about? Wow. So it's not an issue for us because we don't talk about it. We know mm -hmm. how to work through our stuff because right. we have the word of God is final authority in our life, and this is a non-negotiable. Now, the last one is, this is my favorite, one of my favorites, I'll say, a non-negotiable. Before we leave the house, we always kiss before we leave. When we come home, we always kiss. We also have a non-negotiable, no questions asked, hugs policy, meaning <laughs> if we need a hug, we just hold our arms out when we come in the house and say, okay, bring it in, bring it in. Come on, bring it on in, you know, bring it in. And then at night, before we go to sleep, we always, well, you know we can't talk about that on Facebook. Come on. Are y'all serious? Come on now. Okay, so still talking about being proactive, part of being proactive is putting first things first. It's about priority. It's about order. And when things are out of order, it breeds chaos. This is the divine order. God, spouse, and children. Not God, children, and spouse. Your children don't come before your spouse. See, if, if you and your spouse are hurting, your kids are hurting. So you and your spouse got to get it right so you can be healthy for the kids. Anyway, your kids going to grow up. Well, let me rephrase it. Your kid's supposed to grow up and move out of the house. They're not supposed to be 60 years old still living at home with mama. That's not how it's supposed to work. So God has to be the center because the Bible says that a three-strand cord mm -hmm. is not easily broken. Mm -hmm. Remember, marriage is not just me and Monica, mm -hmm. but marriage is me, Monica, and God. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. It's a three-strand cord. It's not a two-strand cord. So when you have the endorsement of God, then you know it's so hard. Matter of fact, it can't be broken. Now, when your relationship is with God, it should flow down to your spouse. If it does not, you're probably, probably doing too much talking and not enough listening. <laughs> So what does your personal devotion look like? What does your prayer life look like? What is your meditation on the word? What does that look like? See, the bottom line is we got to cover our spouse. Yeah. And cover means to place something over or upon as for protection, concealment, or warmth. So we pray for each other. We pray with each other. We support each other. And we fight for each other. I'm her number one fan. 
I'm her number one everything, but we, we cheer each other on. We're not jealous of each other, but we work together. Now, the next point I want to make is you got to see beyond where you are right now. Definitely. You got to see where you, you got to see beyond where you, where you are right now. Where you are, this is not a period, it's just a comma. Now, it may feel like a coma, but it's just a comma. But what I do know is, you're about to comma, comma, comma out of this thing. That's what all I know. All right, all right. I think it was Brian <laughs> Keith Williams who said, you're somewhere in the future, uh -huh. and you look much better than you look right now. <laughs> so do you have a vision for your life? Do you have a vision for your family? <laughs> See, vision is the big picture of where you're going to. But let me tell you what Proverbs said. Because I got to give you a scripture verse, or else you're going to think I'm not being godly. But Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, in the New King James Version says, When there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Restraint. Have you ever met somebody that got revelation for the very first time? I mean, this is the first time they really got a real revelation from God. They're like, Oh man, this is so cool. This is so exciting. Wow, this is new. And God be like, no, brother, this ain't new. It's just new to you. <laughs> See, this vision has been here since the foundations of the world. You are just now seeing it. The next point I want to make is communication is not an option. <laughs> See, even if you don't talk, you're still communicating. It's more challenging to listen than it is to speak. And usually when someone is talking, the other person is formulating an answer while the other person is talking. Mm -hmm. Now you're just waiting for that person to take a breath so you can get in your rebuttal. Now if this is you, you're probably not listening. Good communications start with listening. And everyone, according to James chapter 1, verse 19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Seek first to grasp the meaning of what the other person is talking about. See, when you listen, what, you said, what you're saying is, I care about you, and I'm caring about, I care about what you have to say. And nothing is more frustrating to a person than to be misunderstood. Now get clarification, and don't mind read. When you're, when you're communicating, you want to make sure you get clarification, and don't be trying to mind read now. Mind reading is when you try to read, you try to read your spouse's mind, you, and, and you try to finish the sentence prior to them saying what they're going to say. Now, now women, they can actually be pretty good at it. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Men, that's another story. But women can usually get it right because men are simple. See, we only have two buttons, on and off. That's it. But now the woman, it's a different level. It's a different conversation because the mind of a woman is like the dashboard of the cockpit of an airplane. And brother, I'm going to tell you right now, you are not going to read that mind today. So don't even try. Just take a breath, step back, and listen. Tone. Tone can be a deal breaker. Speak in a way that you want to be spoken to. Watch your tone. Watch your tone, girl. I, I watch feel you. Okay. Watch your tone. Okay. <laughs> Filter what comes out of your mouth and how it comes out. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you are either going to build up your spouse or you're going to tear him down. So be mindful of what you're saying because words are deadly or can be life-giving. Stay away from attack words like you always and you never. Mm -hmm. mm. And every time you, those words are like pointing your finger right in your spouse's, well, sorry. It's like pointing your finger right in your spouse's face. And remember this, time, when, when you want to communicate, timing is everything. <laughs> timing is crucial. 
you don't want to talk or have a difficult conversation when a person is hungry, mm. when they're sick, mm-hmm. or they're about to watch the OU and LSU football game. Those are the wrong times to be trying to have a serious conversation with your spouse. That's not a good time. So remember, timing is everything. Now, on a side note, women, don't just talk when something is wrong (laughs) or you have a complaint because men hate to hear these words. (laughs) Honey, we need to talk. No, because they're already wondering, what did I do wrong? Or what did I forget? I'm going to jump on right in here because we're going to land this plane real quick. Now you need to know that you need to learn how to win together. Hopefully after we've said all these things that you caught some nuggets, because we could have went way deep into a lot of them, but we won't. But practical ways to win together. If you're a couple, you know what? It's okay to do some reading and some listening about marriage relationships. It's okay, but it's not just to read it or to listen to it. You also have to apply it. Because if you don't don't apply it, why are you reading and why are you listening? Also, attend marriage seminars and retreats. Hang around other healthy couples. Do not hang around people that got bad relationships. They always fussing and fighting when you're in their presence. They need to go get some help first. Then, unless you're going to be the influence, if you're going to allow them to influence you, you probably need to keep your distance. Schedule play dates. Mm. Life is so serious, y'all. But in kindergarten, they sent us out to recess. In your relationship, you need to have recess time. Recess is so much fun. Yes, it is. (laughs) Learn how to laugh together. There's things that go on between Carrie and I, and only we would understand what it is. Everybody else would probably think, oh, my God, what is the problem? But just like you have to get an oil change on your car every 3,000 to 5,000 miles, whatever car you have, you need to get an oil change on your relationship. So... Think about this. People can have, when they are a Sooner fan or a Thunder fan, they will buy the T-shirts, they will buy the tickets, they will buy the seats, and it doesn't even matter if that team does not win that season. They are going to be die-hard fans. I need to tell you guys to be die-hard fans to your relationship. Be die-hard fans in your marriage. Fight for your relationship. Now, I, am, I like movies, and we're closing with this. And there's a movie called Taken. And the movie, there's a Taken 1, Taken 2, and Taken 3, because I've seen all of them. Well, in this movie, this man's daughter is about to be kidnapped. She's under the bed, and she's calling her dad to say that someone has already taken her roommate, and she's under the bed. But he's all the way in the United States, and she's in another country. And she's under there and he says, I need you to be calm because they are going to take you. But he says, when they take you, I want you to shout out what you hear, what you see, what you feel, anything that will help me find you. And this is what her father said. Once they pulled her out from under the bed, she screamed and he knew she was gone. But he could hear this faint breathing He knew someone had picked up the phone. This is what he said. I don't know who you are, and I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have any money. But what I do have, I have a very particular set of skills, skills I have acquired over a very long career, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, That will be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. (laughs) I love that. And that was what what made me think that this man, the enemy had taken something that did not belong to him, and he needed to get it back. He was not going to sit around and just allow the enemy to take his daughter. 
So these are the words that came to me about our relationships. We know who you are, and we know that you are trying to divide and conquer us. If you are looking for a couple who will just lay down and let you control their relationship, wrong couple. We have a particular set of skills, skills we have acquired from the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. These skills ignite us, they unify us, and they make us a nightmare for you and anyone who tries. This will be the end of this, but if you don't, we will unleash the word of God and the promises that have been given to us on you. You have no idea who we are and whose we are. We are overcoming you by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. We will use our kingdom rights and privileges and the armor we have been given to speak to every mountain, trial, tribulation, and enemies, foreign and domestic, that will try to come against us. We decree and declare that we operate as one under the authority of the Almighty. You will not be allowed to operate in this marriage and in this family because we know who we are and we know whose we are. We are created to rule, to reign, to dominate and replicate the image of God in this earth and expand his kingdom. And that is what we do. In Jesus' name, that is what we do. So just grab a hold of your spouse by the hand in your living room and say, that is what, what we, we do. do. Success to you and, and success, success to, to the, the kingdom, kingdom of God. God.